0: So, looking back now, because it's been three years basically since you really, you know, got this thing going, what would you do different if you were to start over again? So, if you're, you know, back to square one, let's say I move you to a new town, you don't know anybody,
1: right? Oh, man. And
0: you can't do files from your previous town. So, what would you do to get going? <laughs>
1: Scott, that sounds terrifying. What would? Yeah,
0: I, do? I know. This is good though, because <laughs> some people are actually in that situation. So there's rookies that are going, ah, what do I do? The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Welcome to the ILMB Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, I talk to a rookie who's making waves in the industry to find out how they're succeeding in today's competitive market. Today, i the of Kelly Benici. Kelly was on our show back on the episode of 8 of the Rookie Show. And a couple of things that we talk about. We talk about how the Love19 campaign really helped her establish her name and brand in her community, if you don't know what the Love19 campaign was that was when covid first came out and basically everything stalled and stocked and we're like what are we going to do and so we came up with a campaign where we would partner with 19 19- more local businesses and do giveaways and promote them on social media that help support them. And Kelly killed it with that campaign and that helped her build out her community and her brand and something like that could still work even in the current situation. She talks about how she lost a file that required a separation agreement and what she would do differently today to keep that file and why automation is her current focus. And so she's done amazing. You know, 2021, she did 56 files and 2020, she did 32. And, you know, 2019, she did seven. So it's a big jump in product activity in the last couple of years and love Kelly, love her energy, just an all-around great human being. Before we jump into this episode, I want to give a shout out to my title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform that is incredibly easy to use, easy for borrowers and also easy for brokers. It's got some cool features like smart docs. So as the client's filling out the application, it's already figuring out exactly what documents that you need. It's got smart submission notes, so when you get ready to submit that to a lender, it's actually pulling key data from the application and putting in the notes. And you may think, Scott, why do you need that? It's because every lender's underwriting platform is different finding the information in the application is always like all over the place. And so this way you have one place for your notes, which is awesome. It's connected to lender spotlight, which means you can search rates and guidelines. And it's just incredibly easy. Our brokers absolutely love it. And the best part is there's no subscription fee. Best next step would be to go to lendesk.com finmo and book a free strategy session and they'll show you how this can help you save tons of time. Check it out. Hey, Kelly. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Scott. So you were on the Rookie Show with me in the past, and so maybe let's just do a quick recap of kind of where... So you started in the mortgages in 2019, Mm -hmm. correct? And so tell me about that. I want to just hear about the last couple of years and then kind of what's going on now. So yeah, tell me what happened in 2019.
1: So it was 2020 that things really started to take off. Yeah, 2019 was pretty slow. I got started February, March. My first client was my brother, Tricky B. Neal, so... That was fun. But I think I only did about seven files that year. So not a super hot start. And, yeah, yeah. you know, lots of questioning of, am I doing the right thing? Do I need to get a job? This is crazy. What am I thinking? Yeah,
0: what was I thinking? You go oh, through the yeah. valley of shadow of death, I say. Yeah, yeah exactly. Know, um, yeah.
1: yeah. So that was 2019. And then 2020, of course, pandemic, lots of uncertainty. The first half of the year. I did like six files. And then the last half of the year, I did 26 files. So wow. yeah, so things changed a lot. And like we Talked about before, I think a lot of that had to do with the Love 19 campaign that I did, getting out in front of people and having partnerships with realtors and lawyers and being able to kind of help prop up other businesses throughout that weird early part of the pandemic was a great way to do some marketing that really suits me, like being able to put other people's. Yeah, to
0: not be the star, but I'll make somebody else the star. And then they grow, you grow, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And people are excited to win things, you know? So. Mm Yeah, that was win-win, which was really fun. And then, yeah, so that's 2020. 2021, I did just under 20 mil in volume and 56 files. Yeah.
0: Right. That's amazing. So basically seven files, 32, then 56. And then this year, who knows where you're going to end up with. Yeah. uh, But it's certainly ahead of last year. Let's just touch on this. So the Love 19 campaign, if someone doesn't know what that was, in your words, describe it.
1: Yeah, so it was like a giveaway contest where you're promoting other local businesses and partnering with realtors or lawyers or any other kind of business associate that you might want to collaborate with on it. And we were targeting local businesses of different varieties and kind of putting them out there and offering gift certificates of, I think it was 50 to 100 bucks. And it was, you know, like and share comments for entries and we were doing two or three a week. That was a bit of a full-time job for a while, which was absolutely fine. Cause I was new in my business and, and it uh, was a
0: social media campaign that really worked. So it, yeah. was, it was basically, there was at the time we had put together a whole program on this, in my coaching program, we were like, okay, the market, what's going on, you know, COVID happened, everything stalled. And we're like, okay, there may not be market share that you can grab right now, but maybe we can get mind share. And you jumped in with both feet with that campaign and and so, you were basically helping promote businesses that had been affected by COVID 19. So right. COVID-19. Yeah. And so, maybe can you share what was one cool story or outcome that you got from that? Because you had some crazy like feedback and shares and stuff on your post with it. But what's right? Yeah. You- For
1: businesses that had like really engaged audiences on social to begin with, when they would share the post that I had put out, like they had big followings that really helped amp things up. So, Yeah, definitely when the business that we were featuring had a large audience that had a big impact, but it was just such a feel good moment, you know, it was win, win for everybody. And did you
0: meet some like, so some of the people that you met through this, have you been able to turn some of those into business relationships or how has that gone?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like some of the realtors who I worked with, I work with a lot now, which is great. And I'm pretty sure I got a BFS file out of it from one of the business owners. Yeah. Yeah. And I work with some of the realtors regularly, like I said.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, so you basically, that was kind of a thing. And then last year was a good year for you. So for you, like what have you changed or what kind of improvements have you made to your business in the last six months?
1: All right, so I hired a new assistant. My last one was a bit too busy momming. So that came to a close in November. I hired a new assistant in March who has more experience in the mortgage industry. And she is amazing. I want to just figure out how to keep her forever. So yeah, really stoked about that and really working on systems and processes and getting a CRM set up. Yeah. And just trying to automate as much as possible. Give you mean an
0: example of a system or process that you're trying, that you're improving or that you have recently tweaked?
1: Right. So yeah, I've been working with a consultant to do this and they've just been finishing up the work. So basically every task that's related to a mortgage file is being automated through the CRM. So let's say, you know, something gets to status commitment issued automatically we get a task in the CRM to get the commitment, create a mm-hmm. signing package, send it out to a client. Once that's back, there's an auto task generated to send MVP to the client, just trying to like free up our brains as much as possible and have all of that kind of process stuff outsourced to the CRM. So it's telling us what to do every step of right, the way. Right, so it's basically uh, telling.
0: And so what's your memory using to do this? Blue Mortgage. And who's the consultant that's helping you with it?
1: Uh, it's not someone in the mortgage industry. It's a company called Renee Rising, and she helps entrepreneurs kind of systematize their businesses.
0: And is she a Blue Mortgage expert or just a consulting uh,
1: Just a consultant. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she helped me work on like a welcome package for clients to kind of outline the process. So that goes out now to clients automatically to give them a bit of a sense of what to expect and what's going to happen at different stages throughout the process. And yeah, so that was the first step and helped her to kind of get familiar with the business. She was onboarding some staff during that time and she happened to onboard someone that had previously been licensed. So we were working together on stuff and just, yeah, really took a deep dive and going through every step of the process and, yeah, figuring out what we could automate in terms of emails and tasks. And so, yeah, I'm just kind of getting familiar with their whole system now, and it's been great to have someone else doing that cuz I just I find it takes up a ton of cognitive load, and when I'm busy working in my business, it's hard to like have the mind space to do the working on the business part. And of course, I mean, I was involved in the process as well, but they were in there doing the nitty-gritty, which pleases me greatly. Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. We just set up Blue Mortgage actually for our brokerage and, okay. and so I decided to jump in. I like to understand how it works. Doesn't mean I'm gonna run it forever, but I like to understand the machine. Sure. So that you can know the limitations and what you can expect. But then I usually most times I have someone else kind of run it for me once I have a sense of how it works. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. It's good. That whole cognitive load thing, just having like you know, and at least for me, if I'm working on the business, and then I have to do like a client facing thing, I kind of am annoyed. And I hate that I feel that way. But I'm actually annoyed that I have to be like, I want to finish this, right? right. I'm like, I'm, I'm into this, whatever the CRM thing. And then I'm like, and I shouldn't be annoyed, because this is like a customer thing. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's funny how that can happen. And so having somebody help you is brilliant. So okay, you've done that. So in terms of your business, so what has been the best, you know, source of business or been most reliable source of business for you in the last year?
1: Oh yeah. The other thing I didn't mention, I guess, was Google reviews. So I think, yeah, it's a mix of people, you know, searching the internet for a local mortgage broker and finding me through Google realtors, family and friends, past clients. Those are the biggies. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you've got 45 Google reviews, which is pretty impressive considering, you know, the number of files, it's almost like half of your files. So what's your process to get those reviews? You could just say, I'm pretty awesome. That's why Scott, but like beyond (laughs) being, you can be awesome and not get reviews. So you must have a plan for that. How are you doing that?
1: Yeah, that's actually kind of fallen by the wayside recently. I need to get back on that. And of course, it's part of this whole CRM automation thing that we're doing. Just asking for reviews. Yeah, sending people a link to leave us a review and letting them know how helpful it is for our business. And, you know, sometimes it comes up really naturally, like, If, you know, we've just had a great moment and the client's super happy, I'll be like, oh, well, thanks so much for sharing that, you know, your experience and that you're feeling happy with how things went. I'd love it if you leave a Google review because that helps us to help other people, helps people find me, helps people know that, you know, people are having good experiences working with us. So yeah, sometimes it's natural. Sometimes it's more like, hey, you know.
0: You're going to have that baked into your process at some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. Okay. And. So looking back now, because it's been three years basically since you really, you know, got this thing going, what would you do different if you were to start over again? So if you're, you know, back to square one, let's say I move you to a new town, you don't know anybody.
1: Right. Oh, man. And
0: you can't do files from your previous town. So what would you do to get going?
1: That sounds terrifying. What yeah,
0: I know. This is good though, because some people are actually in that situation. So there's rookies that are going, ah, what do I do?
1: Right, so what, right, right. What I would do, do my best to get out in front of people as much as possible, like joining networking groups or how else do you meet people these days? Chamber of Commerce. I'm a member of the Women's Business Network here. I don't get a ton of work through that, but I think it's just good for my profile to be out there. And I just like it. I like being engaged with other people who are getting things done some of your advice is coming to me of like you know start a podcast something like that right but
0: just basically like i mean for you doing that love 19 campaign was a good timing for getting it gave Mm -hmm. you a reason to talk to people that wasn't like hey i'm a mortgage broker can i you know call me kind of weird stuff going on and so it allowed you to i mean you could run a local campaign like it doesn't have to be that but Okay, that's cool. And then, so what advice would you give yourself though? So let's be more specific. So that's kind of general saying. I basically shook you up and dropped you in a new town. But let's say you could make a phone call to yourself, and you're starting out in right. 2000. What would you say to yourself to try to have a better, you know, more established business today?
1: You know, I would say the same thing to myself now as I would say then, and it's something I'm still not really doing, which is getting on game of phones or just making regular phone calls. I am someone who's like, I'm great on the phone. I've always like way to toot my horn, but I've just always been very natural and easy on the phone. You know, some people have this like, oh my God, I don't like talking on the phone. It feels so awkward, but I've always just felt really comfortable with that. But somehow calling people in the context of business, like uh, to ask for business or to offer service or whatever still feels kind of Awkward, And I know I spoke with Lori once about it and she was like, oh, you just say this and this and this. And I actually want to talk to her again and be like, okay, let's go over that again. What's the approach to talking to people? Because I think, yeah, that's a missing piece in generating new business for myself. At the same time with where I am right now, I don't always want to open the taps because sometimes I kind of feel like I'm at my limit in terms of how much new business I can handle. Things are kind of calming down from a big wave earlier this year. And now is the time where I want to start turning that tap back on. So it's a good reminder for me to call Lori.
0: (laughs) Yeah, call Lori. Hey, Lori. Yeah, so Game of Phones is good. What other things would you tell yourself to do?
1: That's a big one. I mean, get the CRM set up. But also, I feel like so much of this industry, it's trial by fire, right? Like you learn as you go, unless you really have someone holding your hand. And I wouldn't have known how to set up a CRM properly. And I still kind of think it's going to be always evolving and something that's. It'll never be done.
0: uh, You'll always be be trying to find.
1: I used to be of the mindset that, you know, well, I want to do something Mm -hmm. once and I want it to be done, but I realized how wrongheaded that was. Like everything is always evolving. And yeah, I think that's great. We're always refining our systems.
0: Yeah, some of the most successful mortgage brokers that I know, guys like Alex McFadden who do like a 1,000 mortgages, on a weekly basis, their team is looking at their customer journey and they're just looking for any place that there's friction. It's right. like, where's there friction for the client? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Confusion, how do we simplify? Mm-hmm. And his process is pretty freaking dialed, but yeah. It's yeah, only because it's a focus of theirs. They're always right. they're obsessed with it.
1: Yeah, and so- and the more I learn about business, the more I realize that it really is all about the systems it's like how do we do mm-hmm. what we're doing how do we support everything going smoothly it doesn't matter what industry you're in it's all about having that repeatable process that's really smooth
0: right right yeah i always say it's like a living document it's not a done you know like okay check it's like
1: mm-hmm. game over yeah,
0: game over it's like no because the market changes the client's expectations change technology you know improvements are you considering it all? I was talking to somebody recently who's using primarily SMS as their communication with their Mm. clients because the open rates higher. Have you considered using that through blue instead of email?
1: No, I haven't actually gotten to thinking about campaigns via email versus SMS. I definitely do communicate with clients a fair bit by text. I know some brokers and agents are really not for that, but I don't mind at all. Well, I mean, wait, I this guy, run.
0: what he was saying is that he uses it for notifications. Hey, your mortgage has been submitted or updates okay. and stuff. So like you can do updates through text. You don't have to do them through email.
1: Right. I wonder, can you do both?
0: I'm sure you can with Blue. Like any of these platforms to have the ability, you just say what action. Okay, if this happened. Now do this. Send an SMS, yeah. send this email. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mean, I feel like that it's kind of like everybody has to move to using video more. I feel like SMS is... Kind of the next evolution of email from a, yeah. just a communication perspective, and it
1: makes sense. I mean, when I think about my personal email, there's so much junk in there. I miss. You don't it pay attention to it. Yeah, don't. and I just do am just like, oh, whatever. Whereas yeah. text is right in front of you. It's unavoidable. It's right there all the time. So yeah, that makes sense. Actually, I think I'll do that. With
0: yeah, let me know if you decided to look at something like that. Let me ask you this. So you, I'm sure your underwriting skills have improved since you started. Can you think of a file that when you first started out that you lost, but now? looking back, you'd be like, Oh, I know how I'd handle that file. Mm -hmm. I would say there's a thousand and one ways to kill a file and I'd like you to share one so that other people, hopefully, it doesn't mean they're going to remember when they need it, but maybe they.
1: one of the first things that comes to mind is I had a file early on through like an acquaintance, someone I knew in my community, and they were going through a separation. They were in a common law relationship, but there were children involved. And so every lender wanted a separation agreement and I didn't realize that one of the lenders, like our local lenders, would proceed without that document. She ended up going to them directly, and I lost the file. But had I known that lender's policies a bit more, I would have known that they do some out-of-the-box stuff and would have been able to save the file. I would
0: it, Right, right. So yeah. what documentation would they accept in lieu of a separation agreement, or was it?
1: I think it was either that they didn't require one because they weren't legally married, or they were willing to accept a stat deck.
0: Right. Yeah, I've heard that some lenders will accept a stat deck on mm-hmm. on those. I mean, it's not as common, but it depends on the lender and it depends on where the lender gets their money. Because the thing is, with lenders, they have their policies, but it's not their money, especially the mono lines. And so, Hoover's giving them the money sets the parameters of you can lend it out under these conditions. Yeah. And right, it's like, oh, okay. So even if they wanted to, they couldn't because. Yeah. Their funder says exactly. no.
1: Exactly, which is why some of our lenders have very, very complicated rate sheets.
0: <laughs> yes, because and they could have different pools of money. So from this pool of money, you can do these guidelines, but then from this other pool of money, we can do this. And you're right; it creates a crazy amount of complexity in yeah. the mortgage yeah. space. And brokers have a hard time navigating. Clients forget it. There's no way they can navigate that mess.
1: It's yeah, crazy. absolutely. Um, yeah.
0: okay. So good. So I guess, and then because you didn't know that though, so what would you do now if you saw that? Like, I guess, how would you research it? Cause I mean, some of these things you can't know till you know, you know, exactly. and, and when you get yeah. the pain of losing that file, that's when it stings and you'll never forget it. But like when you run into a situation now and you think, uh, how are you trying to see if there's something you didn't consider?
1: Yeah. So asking people, our brokerage has like a chat. So I'll ask on there. I'll ask on ILMB. I've got a friend out West who's been in the industry a long time. He's in my phone book as mortgage genius. So I'll give him a call and say, how would you do this? Where would you take this? What would you do to make this work? Yeah. Just try to touch base with every. You basically
0: crowdsource, if you will, or like, and not just assume that that's a good idea. And I think that's good advice for me listening is that, you know, don't assume and get some resources together, whether they're online Facebook groups, a friend, Mm -hmm. I've got a friend, he's a mortgage ninja. Nice. to Calgary. Yeah. And I'm like, man, his ability to underwrite files is crazy. And mm-hmm. so I would have called him up and sure enough, if there was a way to do it, he'd know.
1: Nice. Like, yeah. oh. And another thing you said about don't assume, like that is one of my mantras in this business. You know, Even if I think, oh, it's unlikely that a lender is going to do this or yeah, there's no way this will happen. Double check, triple check, just make sure that you have the answer from the source rather than assuming Yeah. And then sometimes you think something's not going to fly and actually there is someone that'll do it. So that's been helpful.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Don't make any assumptions. I'll wrap up by asking you this. What's your kind of goal or what are you aiming at this year? What do you hope to accomplish?
1: In, in terms, terms of your,
0: files yeah or? whatever just that lifestyle files all of it like i'm just curious what you're hoping okay
1: so lifestyle wise mm-hmm. i want to buy a cottage which i am excited about I'm going to see something later it's today. ontario
0: thing everybody has a cottage there
1: yeah yeah it's so nice to get away that's one thing in terms of files this year i think earlier in the year i was hoping to close somewhere between 80 and 100 and with things having slowed down a little bit, I've downgraded to like 60 to 80, I'd be happy with. I am definitely a fan of the slow and steady growth in order to, you know, not be completely overwhelmed. Like I know, you know, you'll talk to people who out of the gate are killing it and doing tons and tons of files. And it's super exciting on the one hand. And there's part of me that's like, oh, damn, I wish that was me. But at it the sounds same time. terrifying. It is also terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. But,
0: yeah, yeah, especially yeah. when you're new.
1: So, yeah, just knowing that I'm kind of building the processes and the systems to support the growth helps me feel way more comfortable. Right. Because you know, I still have these panicky moments. Of, oh, crap, what's happening with this thing? Or what's happening with this? Or, oh, my God, did I just get a commitment that I totally spaced? And generally, you know, things are under control, but there's still this panicky vibe every now and then that I'm like, that's not something I want to live with. So I'm, yeah, doing everything I can to make sure that things are manageable at all times.
0: I say being focused instead of frantic, right? It's easy to get into frantic when you start to move too fast. So Mm -hmm. that's really good. So Kelly, it's been awesome to reconnect and congrats on your success and keep crushing it. You've got a great attitude in terms of just so positive. And one of the things that I've always inspired me with you is that you take ideas, you execute on them. Even the whole love night, you just did it. Some people could be, they overthink it. What about that? You just were like, nope, jump into it. And and that's how you learn. You can't learn it any other way. You know, you really, and you you won't get better if you don't just jump in with both feet like you did. So.
1: And that came at such a perfect time. Like I literally had been thinking to myself, you know, I really would love some kind of out of the box marketing solution. That's just all done for me, and I just have to buy and execute. And so it came along at a really perfect time.
0: All right, oh, that's amazing. So thanks, Kelly. Good chat with you, and um, you. I'll be in touch until see how things are going.
1: Okay, sounds great. Take care, Scott.
0: All right, hopefully you found that conversation with Kelly to be inspiring. You know, if you're trying to think of like creative marketing things that you can do, I got two ideas for you. The first one is go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com, set up a free power search account and you can go keyword search marketing, marketing ideas. And I guarantee you, you're gonna find tons of ideas in the hundreds of episodes that we've done. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that if you're new and you're like, I need a plan, Scott, how do I get my name out there? How do I build a referral-based business? Go check out rookie rockstar.ca. We have developed a killer program for helping you use your network so the people that you know to find real estate agents and then we show you how to present to those real estate agents so that they refer you even if you're brand new and then we show you once you get those leads how to convert those leads so what we call a discovery call strategy session you've got to nail that part or you won't get anywhere and then finally we coach you on how to fund those files where to place them the underwriting it's an amazing program go check out rookie to rockstar.ca and thanks again for listening to this episode